Take it from the top. Here we go. Hello, cruel world. This is Ace Von Johnson from Faster Pussycat and LA Guns. Just letting you know you're listening to the Gary Brugman podcast. Rock and roll. Yo, 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 it's your man, Big Daddy Roughneck. You're tuned into the Gary Brugman podcast. Prepare to be entertained. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Gary Brugman Podcast. I'm here today with a really, really special guy, Chris Dutch Moyer. You're going to learn all about him. I got Big Daddy Roughnet in the hot seat one more time. Hold on to something tight because we're going to be bouncing off all kinds of damn guardrails today. So let's get to it. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you doing? Dude, I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Dutch, thanks what for up, being here. Up. It's an honor to have you here. Thank you so much for uh, being able to uh, do the show this early in the morning. Big Daddy Roughneck in the hot seat one more time. Look at him. Still feeling good. Still going with it. I hear you, brother. Well, today's a really special day for me. Um, it is uh, It's. It's really, really, it's December 23rd. December 23rd, day before Christmas Eve. And Anniversary! That le- that leads in that leads into the dedication that I have today, and I've dedicated this podcast to this man before, but on this anniversary day, I'm going to go ahead and do it again, and I'm dedicating this podcast to President Donald J. Trump, President Donald J. Trump, who one year ago today granted me Woo! a full and unconditional presidential pardon. So, yes. thank you, Mr. President. Nice man, you've changed my mind. You've changed my life, and and. It's been amazing. It's being free. People take their freedom and 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 being alive for granted all the time. And I'll Preach never, it, brother. I'll, ne- it. I'll never do it again. I'll never do it again. So, so today we have Mr. Chris Dutch Dixon, uh, 30, 31 year Army Dixon. Say who? Shit. Dixon. Moyer. Dixon. Say who? <laughs> no, no. Before we do the introductions, let's let everybody know why your voice is crackling. You're a little fidgety right now. Homie just got the call for what? Shot show. Confirmed. Yes. Yes. But no, so he's a little he's a little up there right now. You know, you know who Dutch Dixon is? <laughs> he, no. He's the one that used to chase oh. Lorenzo Lamas around in Renegade. There used to be a TV show called Renegade, and he was a he was an army guy that went AWOL because shit was wrong, and his his CID was after him all across the country. He was riding on a Harley, you know, fighting crime. So the dude's name was Dutch Dixon. <laughs> How about that? I didn't know. I didn't know that. So. Let, let, let's well, try this, this one Dutch more time, Moyer. Mr. Dutch Moyer. From a different place, so you know, but it's, it's been mine for a while. So. And, and I've always said when they make a movie about me, Lorenzo Lamas had to play me, but not anymore. But <laughs> Lorenzo Lamas had to play my part. But <laughs> Dutch Moyer, thank you for being here. You're, you're, you've been in the Army for a long time. You're, you're 31 years, 26 of those in Special Forces, um, yeah. Special Amazing. Operations. Tell us about that. Oh, wow. 30, so 31 years. Uh, and just like we said earlier, you know, every day is a great day to be alive. I know that uh, Big Daddy knows about that. I know about that. Uh, anybody who's gone through the uh, the crucible, if you will, of a hard life or a good life with interesting challenges and or a combat life, 
uh, over and over again, those deployments, you know, that up tempo, uh, if you're, you're up and you're upright and moving every day, it's a blessing without a doubt. So yeah, 31 years, I started uh, my army career back in 1981. Uh, and I went into the armor. I was an armor crewman. I was an M60A3 and M1 armor crewman nice. for about four and a half years. And I got out in 86. I stayed affiliated with the army through the national guard programs. And I worked for a couple of different companies. I was a bartender for a while, just screwed around. And I missed it so much. I had to come back. So I came back in uh, 91 and I went right into uh, 175. Well, I went into the 75th Ranger Regiment and I was a Ranger for quite some time. And then I made the jump to light speed and came up uh, to JSOC in 1999. Nice. Uh, I figured it was the professional thing to do. You just got to test your metal as a man. You know, what's the next step? Um, and I stayed up there for 14 years. I retired in 2013. And uh, and I went to work for different agencies. I've been, you know, all, what's that What's that Navy SEAL say? I've been around the world uh, twice and talked to everybody at least once. Right. I kind of. I kind of, I kind of feel like that. I've been around a lot. Um, there are other dudes though. It's funny, you know, there's other dudes that have been 26 times in a combat theater, 22 times in a combat theater, their right. whole life. You know, if they joined the army right before 2001, then it was, it's been combat ever since, you know, for the most part until just recently. Uh, yeah. So I did my last pool in Afghanistan in 2019, right before the COVID really started taking off. And, so, uh, so were you, were, uh, so I, uh, I was thinking about what you just said, and it's it's exactly right, man. When once you leave the military, there's that camaraderie that you miss it. You know, I've I've been out of law enforcement since 2003, and not a day goes by that I don't think about it. You know, not it's a day crazy, goes right. It's, it's not you know. I don't want to describe it as a woe is me either. I don't want to say no, no. Don't feel sorry for me because I miss it. It's not like that. I mean, I went through health issues just like Big Daddy's going through, and I went mm -hmm. through uh, my own you're close to retirement anyway, kind of thing, you know? So, right. but, but man, it's just, I, I'm so glad I can be a firearms instructor now, uh rifle pistol CQB, because I, I'm able to train the, the, the kids, the kids, I said kids, the young men and women that are strapping it on now and uh, load magazines that go into whatever situation the United States military deems necessary for them or a law enforcement officer. So, and that's important to me that I can still have some sort of impact, you know, since I'm gone. That's great. Yeah, I got I got a friend of mine that we, we got a big thing down here, uh, uh, TTPOA. Um, TTPOA. Yeah, TTPOA. They're, they're a great bunch of dudes. I got a friend of mine. He used to be a Fort Worth cop, Scott Campbell, and he teaches, yeah. with, he teaches with them a lot. And I got to attend a couple of things, and, you know, and observe. And it's just amazing the, the things that these guys do, you know. And, uh, yeah, so in 17, I was in San Marcos with the Texas Tactical Patrol Officer Association. I did that trade show, and I worked with Gary Heath. He's a former mm -hmm. SWAT commander out of Houston. And, I've heard that uh, name. And now in May, I just got booked back for the new the new conference in May. It's going to be in Round Rock. Nice. So I'm coming in May, bro. You know, and 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 it's I, I'll be there. I'll, you know, let me know. I live right down the road in Cibolo. You know this area real good. I live just south I, of New Braunfels. So. But um, there's a lot of stuff going on in law enforcement these days, especially like, you know, up in New York, where the mayor ain't letting these guys do their jobs. They're not letting them do their jobs. They, they got them doing stupid shit, like taking people out of restaurants that don't have masks. When, when there's pe people at a restaurant. Get yeah, that correct. And it's, it's just, you know, I, I don't know how these cops feel because, 
you know, they're, they're following orders, whether they're lawful orders or not is one thing, you know. But when you put them in a situation, you know, it, it, was it Oklahoma City? It was Oklahoma City where that dude just pulled a gun on the cop and the cop's like, hey, don't shoot, you yeah. know. And and what are, are these mayors and governors setting these cops up for to get themselves killed, Dutch? Well, uh, so yes, how a short answer is yes. But the, the longer answer is training has been an issue for law enforcement for a long, long time. You know, uh, and I'll go backwards. And I just got done talking to a friend of mine in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Uh, and because I've been blessed to be able to train guys all across the nation, uh, Cape Girardeau has, we couldn't go to the SWAT roundup because we had, he had a personnel problem. Right. So he, they, you know, you got guys that normally are doing a training type of non-commissioned officer job are now doing street work because they don't have, the, nobody wants to show up anymore. Right. You know, no, people don't want to be uh, law enforcement officers anymore. They see what's happening. They know that the constabularies are being defunded. They know that the training isn't taking place. They're not, they're not getting a hand up, you know? Um, I did, a. I did a training uh, uh, evolution with a whole bunch of guys here from Moore County, North Carolina. And, you know, we ran into a problem where you're looking at a guy who's been training and shooting for 20 years, you know, and he says, okay, I know what to do. I said, okay, but how often do you get to train? One time a year is the common answer. And that's usually because that one day a year is being set aside for qualification. Right, exactly. You know, where I came from, we did this kind of thing five days a week. If yep. we weren't hunting man overseas, we're doing this thing five days a week, man. We're training, constantly training. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's difficult. You know, if I wore the king hat of all law enforcement, I would have half my guys uh, training, and then I would have the other half of the guys on the street. So I would have double the amount. But, of course, you know, if they don't have the money for that, they don't have the the, the, the assets. It's just and- uh, it's, it's it's been going on for a long time. Big Daddy knows it. And, yeah, and, and you know, and you, other than being in a active theater in an active war zone, cops are in a war zone every day, you know, it, across across the whole country. Even a little small town cop, you never imagine, that's when this shit's going to happen, you know? A potential war zone every time, yeah. And this guy who didn't want to shoot this cat, mm-hmm. look at the pressure, look at the pressure, especially after, after everything that's happened over the last year. Look at the pressure this young man is under, right? And I don't know anything about this guy, background. Right, guy. right. You know, is he brand new? Is he a rookie? That guy kept saying he's a rookie, right? The, Remember that? The, well, the perp was yeah. yelling at him, yeah. Yeah, the perp was like, you're a rookie, you're a rookie, you don't know. Um, and he had a gun out. He had a gun out, and he says, yep. put the gun out. He, he never drew on him. Yeah, he was last to draw. Yep. And the guy shot at him. How he didn't hit him at that close range, the guy shot at him. And then he, start, he started yelling, hey, I need help, and he still didn't shoot back. Yeah, you because know. most people, by the way, uh, are poor shooters with a pistol. So that's, right. that's your first thing. So thank God for that, right? And then, of, and then of course, then of course, it happened to be you know a black guy, and he I guess he didn't want to start another war riot across the country but again. Yeah, what kind of pressure are we under exactly. now? So as soon as he gets out of the car, right? So what, some of these uh, cameras are set up so as soon as you hit the lights, right? The camera comes on, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, or they're 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 wired in together somehow. Or you step out of the car as soon as you start in motion, the camera turns on, right? Um, and now he's under ex- extreme pressure. And he, wow, what kind of decision is that you're making? But that's a shame. And it's it's perfect case of you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, you know, because because the news is making a mockery of him. Yeah, 100%. And you see this in New York, right? So you, they're being so defunded. I mean, the troops on the on the street are being taken away. Right. I call them troops, but they're obviously law enforcement officers. But they used to be, man. You know, like, 
Last year when they started, when the thing in New York became to be, became the let's douse the cops with the water and throw water bottles in them and stuff like that. You know, I, we, we met Bernard Carrick when we were in North Carolina. He's a friend of mine. And um, he, he, he told me straight up, had that, had he been the police commissioner and that happened to his cops, he would have had 2000 cops on that block by that evening. (laughs) You know, he goes, nobody would have been able to move until we found out who was, who dumped water on my, on my cops. Well, I gave you know, along with that, I gave a little speech about Kenosha. Why was uh, why was Kyle Rittenhouse there anyway? He was there because people needed other people's help. Exactly. How come, how come the how come law enforcement wasn't there because the government didn't order them to be there? How come National Guard wasn't there in in numbers because the government didn't you know said no, don't go. You know, it's just you know. So now it's down to uh, regular citizens helping out other citizens because. The real people weren't weren't there, and it's right. it's a shame. Right, right. Yeah, we we have a term in Long Island where I'm from for the Kyle Rittenhouses, and we call them buffs. These kids show up to scenes; they want to be a part of it. They're just too young to join yet, or they're in the junior program, but they show up and they help. I mean, that's what being a productive citizen in society is all about. And and that's the way that's the way everything's going right now. Well, you know, a long time ago, why can't I think of the guy who wrote the quote? But John Stuart Mill, maybe maybe it wasn't John Stuart Mill, but you know, the only thing for evil to overcome good is for good men to do nothing. So if if we don't do anything, you know, if it's Kyle Rittenhouse, then who or whomever. You know, who right. Give me it, a right? thousand so, Kyle Rittenhouses. Yeah, and this thing, oh, whatever this thing is, what it stops when we say so. And it's, we've been letting it uh, go on for quite some time, yeah. as we all know. I agree. Yeah, and, and, and like you said, you know, your, your company provides a lot of training and um, to, to civilians as well? Yeah, so now I'm doing open enrollment classes as well. I'm not, I don't have the bully pulpit that some of these guys on social media have. And now this, and we just uh, unleashed the, uh, uh, my schedule for 22. And there's a lot of open enrollment. We're in Georgia, we're in South Carolina. We're in Tradecraft Range in Florida. Uh, we're at Red Hill Range in Georgia. We're at the Sawmill in South Carolina and Lawrence. It's a great place, you know. So there's, yeah, we're we're pushing it out. So we're we're doing more this and, year. And just so I can put it on here, how how would people register for one of your classes? So I can put it up here. Cool, man. Yeah. So uh, DCM Consulting. That's me, Dutch Chris Moyer. Bam, bam, bam. And then that's nice. Uh, DutchChrisMoyer.com. That's it. That's the website. It's uh, weird. It's my name.com. DutchChrisMoyer.com. All right, cool. So I'll, I'll put it and, up uh, there. There's, and... a, yeah, there's a calendar there that you can, you can and Jay, sign up for class. And, and a very close friend of ours, Mr. J.P. Savanta, says that you're an amazing, amazing instructor and you will kick his ass on the range any day. Wait, but he says, who? Mr. J.P. Cervantes. <laughs> he says that... Uh, you're an amazing instructor, and you'll kick his ass any day in the range. But he says he he will tear you up in a sexy man contest. I tell you what, <laughs> JP, this, this guy. You know, if we're doing a if we're doing a, let's see, a little rumba or something like that, yeah, he's gonna beat me. He's got the moves. Yeah, I don't, I don't have that. Yeah, plus, plus he's petite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. Oh. I was I was messing with, I was messing with him yesterday because uh, he was doing something on Instagram, and he showed up as a Santa Claus, and uh, and somebody made a comment about him being a white Santa. He goes, "Yeah, well, you know, when I go down the chimney, I was like, well, dude, what the fuck is a chimney?'" <laughs> 
Oh, it was great, yeah, man. He's a hoot. It was Loves great. Spanglish. But yeah, talking he's about somebody. talking about dying, man. Uh, I I caught COVID back at the end of July, and uh, at an event. And uh, it put me in the hospital, bro. I was my mom's caretaker. She was 88 years old. I've been taking care of her for over a year and a half. She lived here with me. And um, I woke up with 104 fever. My oxygen was down to 72. I had to go to the hospital in an ambulance. And I passed out in the ambulance and woke up three weeks later paralyzed. They, they traked me. They, wow. they traked me. Uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't breathe. My mom passed away while I was on the ventilator, so I never really got to say goodbye. I don't remember leaving. But um, life is good, man. When you're when you're free, that's my new thing. When you're free and when you're alive, it's great, man. It's really, really, yeah, yeah. it's great. It's two two of the most amazing things that people take for granted. Loud and clear, hundred percent. Yeah, I went through the COVID already too. Um, you know that. You know, Big Daddy's going through a thing I went through a while back. It's cancer, and uh, unless you don't want anybody to know that, so too late. Uh, oh, no, it's public. It's public. Thanks, Dutch. Yeah. Thanks. No, it's just. I mean, you're. It's, it's a warrior thing, man. It's, I mean, you know, somebody said to me after I, I got pretty much through it, most of it, they said, uh, why don't you keep milking it? I said, I said, <laughs> I said, I said, that's, wow. I can, do that. I can milk it, I guess a little bit, but I said, honestly too, people say, well, you don't want to talk about it. I said, I, I love talking about it because it's like a, it's another star, you know, it's like this star here. It's like, wh- whatever. It's just another piece that makes me who you, I am. It makes you, you. Right. Yeah. right. Exactly, brother. Exactly, but dude, like and I said, the same jackass I am afterwards that I was before. Actually, actually, you're getting a little worse, but you know, <laughs> the, the, the key that, is, that, it, is it Long Island? Is it is where you live? Is Long Island? It's Long Island, New York, and when you do it, you hurt my freaking ears. <laughs> I thought it was good, Long Island. Yeah, he, he he's like my son. He's a flid. You know, you know, you know, you, know, you know what a flit is, Dutch? It's, it's something that's New York City guys, caught Long Islanders, they're flits. They're fucking Long Island douchebags. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's Only if you're from Nassau County, though, I deflect. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. Oh, crap. Um, I have a question, Gary, if you don't mind. Go ahead, brother. Dutch, I see that it says, beware the dog. And I notice on your... Uh, on your LinkedIn that you are a canine trainer. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Uh, I'm a big big canine fan. Cool, cool, man. Yeah, so that particular sign comes from uh, the mission support site that we had in Baghdad. I I absconded with it when I got out. Uh, And yeah, so I was a canine, I was a canine handler. Uh, As an operator, I was also a canine handler. And I did some work where I had, uh, technically I had three dogs. One was never deployed to combat. The other two were. I lost a dog in 2005. And then uh, the, the second dog I had did real well. And then I, I finally quit that as a as operator handler. And I actually, at the end of my career, I became the, uh, the canine program manager. Oh. Um, so I did, I had my hands on all that stuff. I gave briefs to uh, Australia. Did a, I helped the program for uh, the English uh, the, the English guys in uh, in uh, in the UK. So it was a really good. It was, it was a labor of love, man. I love this stuff. At the same time, when you I used to tell somebody, you know, <laughs> did you do it all the time? Oh yeah, it's work, man. You because you're carrying around you're carrying around a you know sixty to eighty pound three year old who's very <laughs> very 
very interested in what's going on, you know, and once right. you, know, you got to it's a, it's a labor of love for sure. Yeah. And every time, every time I went out without one, I was like, I'm free. Holy cow. I don't have to worry about that little jackass. Yeah. It's but like uh, somebody's got a baby <laughs> babysitting for your kid and you get to go out and have a drink. <laughs> pretty, pretty much, man. It's yeah. pretty much what it's like. Uh, but they're, they're a hoot. Man. I really do. And we still do me as a company. I still involve myself in, uh, at the very least consulting, um, I don't do a lot of the training stuff necessarily. Like when I put quotes around training, I would get, I would hire a trainer and he would come with me. Uh, I did a thing in Saudi Arabia for the, uh, the Saudi Arabian Royal guard and we brought fly wow. animals over from Germany and we taught them how to, how to do everything they needed to do. And off they went. Uh, but I brought a guy over with me. Uh, I'd much rather be, I'd much rather be a consultant, I guess, telling you how, the techniques works, especially when it comes to close quarter battle with the dog. Right. Um, and integration, what we call it, integration. Uh, so that's, that's where I'd stand. I, I'm, I'm not going to ever blow myself up saying that I'm a great trainer. Uh, I can certainly train, you know, your dog in the backyard for sure. And I understand animal behavior, but yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't jump up and down and say I'm a canine trainer. Um, well, you definitely I could dabbled train. in the handling. <laughs> and it's uh, I, I have handled some dogs, man. And like I said, we I lost one in 2005, and he was uh, he was a great animal. He saved some lives when he died. So as long as as we figure it this way, right? As long as if he saves one life, in this case, he probably saved four. But if he saves one, that's one more operator coming home to dads, amen, kids, back to life here, and then getting the 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 lease on life to fight again. So. Yeah. Right. Canine's just another tool in the toolbox. Dude, it's it's a living breathing tool. So it's a pain in the ass. Right. Yeah, he is yeah. a great he's a great tool in the toolbox, man. You know, I'm 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 not I'm not a dog. I'm not an animal person. I was born and raised in New York City and I've never had a pet, not even a freaking goldfish. I understand the attachment people have to dogs. You know, uh TJ's got some great dogs, I guess. <laughs> I did not kick that dog into the pool. He fell. That was a hard nudge. <laughs> yeah. So so I'm at his house. He's got a pool. And his dog's walking next to me, jumping and all that. He's walking next to me. So I just wanted to see him be like, oh, you know. get. So I gave him a little nudge. The fucker fell in the pool. <laughs> and he was holding on, looking at me. I'm like, dude. Held on for dear life. And then I was like, oh, He's shit. And I look He's up. I look up and Big Daddy's looking right at me like. You just pushed my dog in the pool. I was like, no, 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 wasn't me. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I just lost a friend of mine back in July. Uh, really, really good friend of mine. He was my partner in the Border Patrol. Known him for about twenty-four years, and um, he, he was one of those guys that when he passed away, I was like, well, now I'm the only one that know where the bodies are buried. You know, that's how that's how tight <laughs> we were. You know, but uh, he was he was a canine supervisor for Borstar in uh in Tucson. And they had, they had uh, worked a case on an Indian reservation, and they were they were coming out of the reservation, and a drunk Indian was coming on, and they hit head on, flipped his vehicle, caught fire, they yanked him out, but he died upon impact, and that was that that rattled uh, that rattled me hard, bro. And and then uh, that's when I caught. They said that I was so stressed out about it that when the COVID went around, my immune system was down, and that's what caused me to get it so bad, you know. <laughs> Uh, may not have been the whole reason, but it contributed to me ending up in the hospital because it just rattled me so hard. And uh, I hate stories like that, man. I, yeah, I hate stories like that. You get a warrior, 
uh, who dies that kind of death. And it's just, that's, that's tragic. Yep. Yep. And, and man, it, it, it breaks me just to think about it. But every time I think canines, I think of him because I used to fuck with him all the time because he, he was actually a canine instructor. He taught people, he was a trainer trainer. He used to pe teach people to be instructors and he'd go to El Paso and teach. And then he'd go up to Harper's Ferry in West Virginia to teach. And, um, he, he he got bit several times by his dog. I said, dude, even your own dogs, oh, yeah. even your own dogs don't like you, man. Your own dogs bit you. Oh yeah, I got a, I got a nice fight right I there. I see it. I see it. Yeah, I it, I got all kind of problems. I mean, but that's yeah. I mean, once you, it's, it's sort of like a, I guess holding all those dogs like that is sort of like uh, working a knife fight. You know, right. You're, you're gonna get cut. Mm -hmm. uh, every once in a while, you're just gonna get bit. It's gonna happen. It's a bummer, but uh, you try to mitigate it as much as possible. This particular guy was. Uh, he was a house wrecker. I was the third guy he bit, so he got he failed the program. Uh, but it's a funny thing, man. Yeah, you're you're gonna get bit most likely. Hey, so okay, so another connection we have here. I know some Bortac guys. I don't know if you, you know, I know some Bortac canine guys. I, I know a lot of Borstar guys. I I knew a lot of Bortac guys in the past, but uh, m most of the guys I knew were old time Bortacers and they've retired. But uh, okay. But my my one of my uh, partners used to be a. Uh, a supervisor, um, I can't remember his damn name right now, but uh, Gabe, my, my partner Gabe Acosta, he's a chief down in Laredo, and he's a board tacker. Them, them guys, th you guys, how cute are you guys name dropping? Oh, oh, dude. Okay, I'm sorry, Hammerhead. That's his nickname, Hammerhead. There <laughs> you go. Nice. <laughs> mm. So have you trained with the Border Patrol at all? To protect the innocent. <laughs> have you trained with the Border Patrol at all, Dutch? Yeah, so I had. Yeah, so uh, I know a couple of those cats, uh, Chris Lopez and some other cats. Um, yeah, so when our program was flowering, when we showed everybody that this, this could really happen, we got everybody on board. Everybody came by to see how it was working, and we started pushing out. So it was... I was very lucky to be able to train with FBI, Bortec, uh, the highest levels of Navy SEALs, uh, the white side Navy SEALs, um, the Rangers, uh, Norwegian soft, uh, right. German soft. Wow. Uh, I mean, it went on and on. And then it just so it, we were, I was very fortunate to be able to, to bring that program to light to a, a lot of our, well, what I would call a task force partners. Right. Yeah, I mean, I miss the Border Patrol every day. And I, when I was in the patrol, we got to train with a lot of guys as well. Um, and we, me and TJ were talking the other day. And uh, I just got this thing about DEA, man. <laughs> I got to thing about DEA because they're just a bunch of knuckleheads to me. And I, I'm sorry. that they're, they're a great... I, I know they do their thing. But everything that I've done with DEA, I, I can't believe they're an agency sometimes, you know? I, can't I was asking, where's the DEA at the border? Because we know China has linked up with the cartels and the cartels are bringing it over while the border, the border agents are tied up with the processing immigration. Yep. And are they even tied up. I mean, are they even allowed to do what they're supposed to do? Nope. This whole, this whole thing is an unmitigated disaster. Yep. Agreed. I was just, I was just down in Eagle Pass uh, last week. And the National Guard's down there, and they, they started putting up uh, Connexes, you know, trailers. They put con three or four Connexes, Humvee. Three or four Connexes, 
Humvee, and then they've put Constantine wire on the other side of them. So, I mean, that, that's how bad it's gotten. I mean, when I was there in, you know, 20 years ago, it was bad. We had a lot of traffic coming through, but we didn't have to shore up the border. Now it's just like insane, man. It looks like it looks like a third world. Well, it did back then, but now it looks like a war zone in a third world country. You know, yeah, it looks like Abbott now is finally rebuilding the parts that were stopped by the Dems mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to the Trump wall. And but there's that's just a small portion, really. I mean, because just like you said, there's places that are more rural than that. That is a DPS coming out and do a lot of work though. They are right. Yeah, yeah. yeah D- they are. DPS DPS is flooding everything down there, and everything that Border Patrol is not allowed to do, DPS is doing. You know, mm-hmm. there, there was just a big, uh, some agents got into a big fight in Laredo and the DPS helicopter ca- caught it on the, on the flare. And uh, it was on the news. And I mean, these guys were tossing each other around. There were a couple of illegals that were runners. That, they didn't specify if it was narcotics or if they were just running from the patrol. It just said runners. But um, yeah, throwing agents around and one agent put another guy on the ground and then ended up drawing down on them. And I'm, it flashed me back to what happened to me because Dutch, what happened to me, real simple, I chased a group of 15 illegal aliens. They were getting away from me. An agent and his trainee rolled up on me. They got in a vehicle, fresh pair of legs. Trainee caught the group, was trying to get him to sit. He had some guys sitting, some guys standing, going like this. There were two behind him, directly behind him. He had his back turned that were squatted with their bags and doing this number. I didn't know if they were going to jump the agent or run away. They had already been apprehended. So I ran up, put my hand in his weapon, and pushed him onto their asses with my leg. And I said, sit down. Just knocked them on their ass. Violated their civil rights. Deprivation of rights under color of law. 18-month investigation uh, from the Office of the Inspector General. Not once did I ever speak to an investigator. Nobody ever asked me my side of the story until I was at trial. And ironically, they brought a, a civil rights trial lawyer down from D.C., this guy was really good. He had me convinced I was guilty for a split second. <laughs> <laughs> and I got convicted. Did two years in prison for it. What year was that? 2002. Yeah, yeah and, then, and then I stayed out on bond pending an appeal, and I lost the appeal. So um, so I actually was in prison from 04 to 06. Wow. So, but, yeah, I mean, and every time I see, like, like these horse patrol agents with, you know, with, with their reins, Every time an agent does their jobs or I see a cop doing their job, it just freaks me out because I'm like, you know, I'm not I'm not that guy in Oklahoma City that's going to be like, please put the gun down because that, that's not me. But nah. but you, you just what it's not the situation that freaks me out. It's what the government's going to do to you that freaks me out. Well, and it's all perpetrated by the corrupt media. We already know this. Exactly. I mean, this is not this is not, you know, this is not rocket science here. Right. We are, it's, it's, everything's so politicized. You know, now you have the media that's politicized. You know, they're, they're you know, a lot of, I, I, I would, I would submit to you that a lot of people are dividing the country on purpose. Um, you know, there was a guy, I don't know if you know him or not, but he, he said a long time ago that he wants to see the transformation of America. Uh, you know, I, I can't remember his name. Hint, hint. Of course, mm-hmm. everybody knows what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he said, we, we're, we're days away from fundamentally transforming America. And so that, some of that stuff's still going on, man. They want to fundamentally transform America. Exactly. Uh, that's why you let in thousands and thousands of uh, people across your border and then give them stuff for free. Huh. Huh. Yeah. And call maybe them freedom can, fighters. Right. Maybe, exactly. Yeah, maybe, maybe we can have them vote for us in perpetuity and then we don't ever have to worry about anything and we'll fundamentally transform everything. Right. Yep. Right. 
and and it's, uh, it's and, and it's just crazy like like in Philadelphia but that you know Dutch I think little by little it's taking a little longer than than I'd rather than I'd like it to happen but uh the country's coming around they're starting to realize what the administration's doing and what the left is doing but uh it's it's taking longer than it's supposed to but like yeah. in in Philadelphia right now there was a congresswoman who just put out a a a tweet about how police brutality needs to stop and all this and whatnot. And she just, she got carjacked with two other congressmen on the way to her car, right? She got carjacked. They took her keys, took her car, took a government cell phone, and then she had to call the cops, right? And then uh, who was it? Uh, Lori Lightfoot got carjacked or robbed, didn't she? Yeah. No. And what country do we, do we want to live in this country where we have to open up our car doors like they're doing in San Francisco now? Right. Open up the, 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 go ahead, take a look inside my car. Don't smash it. Yeah, leave your you leave your trunks open. That means yep. your car's clear. I mean that Come that's on. that, that that's what we're that's what we're coming to. And the whole country is just upside down and and ridiculous. And it's sad to say that, you know, a year ago, a year ago we were in a better place. You know, a year ago we were in such a better place. And how people don't realize that. And what I don't get is, like on the left, the things that they do, trying to destroy this country, they got to live here too. Wouldn't you want the country that you live in to be the best country and just, I mean, it's like they want to live on top and just have everybody down there so they can step on it. I just don't understand. I don't. What commonality can we all have? What There's money, only, there's money, only so money. this, people, you know, you have, you like, uh, I don't know if Big Daddy, you know, likes the NFL or something in New York. You know, so he's a New Yorker. So, you know, there's a guy who lives in Iowa. There's a guy who lives in Montana. There's people that live in Texas. But what com- what commonality can we all have? And it's being an American. That's right. It's being and loving America. Yep. And if we keep getting taught that America's bad or the system is bad or the system is corrupt or people are victims, it's never going to be better. It's, it's, we're never going to get there. So yeah, you know, it's a it's a it's a real bummer that things are, are happening the way they're happening. But I think you're right. I think there are some good stories in there. There really are. There's some good stories about people waking up. You had Virginia and Glenn Youngkin happen. You, you know, there's 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 other small communities that are also doing the same thing. People and, standing up and saying, you know, "There's a guy in New York and North Carolina, named Tony Cowden. He's a he's a, he's got a good social media push. He's a two A guy, and you know, he said, look, I see something go sideways. I'm going to change it.' So now he's running for Congress. I think it it may ruin his life running yeah. for Congress. But yeah, I hope he does well. I hope he does well because he's a good man and he's you know I, he should run and I'm glad he's running. Right. People ask me, you should run. I'm not hell no. I got too many stones in my closet. I'm not, I'm never running. No. I got I that uh, Madison Cawthorn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a cool cat. I've met him. He's pretty cool. I've got yeah. I've got a couple of friends here running at the state level. I've got a uh, Chad Prather who's running for Texas governor, who's who's a good friend of mine and he's been supporting he's always supported me and uh my friend Victor Avila who used to be an ICE agent. He was one of the two ICE agents that was ambushed in Mexico by the cartels 10 years ago uh, yeah, they, yeah, where yeah. they killed Jaime Zapata. Well, he, he was his partner. He was, in, he was in the suburban with him that day. He got shot three times with an AK, once in the side and twice in the legs. And he's running for a Texas land commissioner. So I'm, I'm doing what I can to help him with their campaigns because we need a change. And when I say the country's coming to a change, Dutch, I mean, like right now, there's 23 Democrats that ain't running for re-election right now in the house you know and then the, the the decisions that the juries have made in Kyle Rittenhouse and the uh in the uh Aubrey case down in Georgia I mean yep. they're starting to make the right decisions here which which was unheard of before 
And you know, it's I believe it's coming around, and whatever this country's going through right now, I believe it's gone through in the past already. It's just you know, it's just another hard time we got to get through. You know, things do go in cycles without a doubt, but just I'm just concerned that our cycles are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. You understand? Yeah. You know, the, exactly. The the Overton window, that whole Overton window effect is just we're just over here now. We and it's just crept up so little every every time, and now it's bam, it's now it's here. You know, and, just, uh, and we're we're hard. over here appointing transgender admirals and worried about <laughs> school kids and 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 stuff like that. And meanwhile, you got China building freaking aircraft carriers that, and then their navy's bigger than ours now. You know, and islands. Then, they're building islands in the middle of the water. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, they're doing that, and we're over here worried about transgender admirals. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And and vaccinating our military. Not not that I don't you know the vaccines on you. I don't even want to get into that because I think it's ridiculous. You know, um, but it's just they're doing that and we're doing this. I uh, I used to volunteer at the USO, right at, at at the height of the war back you know ten years ago, and we had an Air Force kid come in dressed up as a Hooters girl, right right here downtown San Antonio. It, white shirt, orange shorts. You know I said, ho ho, hold on, man. I said. You, you can't come in here dressed like that. He goes, I'm in the Air Force. I'm like, dude. And and we kind of got into it. I said, you, when you come in here, you got to be dressed respectable. He goes, it's my birthday. I said, I don't give a shit. You know, you can't come in here like that. I said, you know, there's people on the other side of the world training to fucking kill you. And you're walking around dressed around like a Hooters girl. I mean, just the the the, the thought process that's happening in this country right now, brother. Dude. Just drives me freaking crazy. And don't get me wrong, I'm a coasty. <laughs> you know? I'm a coasty. <laughs> but the, the shit that they're they're letting these guys get away with in the military these days, and especially now, you know? Well, that's again, that's if you see something go sideways, I don't want to quote Captain America here, but I'm gonna, you know, when I see something go sideways, I have to fix it. So you had to fix that, right? You can't you can't just say, uh, we're just going to let this happen. If you're going to let it happen, uh, I went into a dental office the other day, and they said, uh, you know, you got to wear a mask. I said, well, I don't have one. So they gave me one. I didn't wear it. And nobody said anything. You know, I went in later to pay the bill. Nobody said anything. I didn't wear a mask. I said, you know, I said this only stops when we stop it. Everybody, right. Does everybody know that? You know, just, you, you can't, I don't live in fear. I fear one thing, one thing only. You know, it's, Amen. it's that guy. And I don't, I'm not. You know, you, you got these new shirts out and memes out, you know, trust, trust God, not government. I'm completely on board with that. And I don't, we've always been suspect of the government. Come on, you know, the mm -hmm. government, the, the only thing they need to do is protect our people and, and stuff around the, and the globe that are in our interests. Otherwise get out of my way. Just get out of my way. Uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's what it is. Well, I'll what, ask you guys, uh, 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 a tough question. Keep or do away with the CIA? That's, that's, that's actually a really good question. I, uh, I, I think it's probably important for us to gather intelligence, again, to benefit America and to keep its citizens safe and our partners across the globe. But... Uh, I don't know enough about the inner workings of the hierarchy, you know, how much power they really have. Any organization that has too much power, it corrupts, right? Absolute power corrupts, absolutely. So absolutely. no matter what that agent is, whether it's a congressman, 
uh, or a senator or a president. You know, the word gee whiz, let's, let's dovetail into term limits. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. so I guess I can't answer your question, uh, TJ. I really can't. I mean, I don't know. Well, of a question, right? Because as much good as they've done, they've also fumbled the ball quite often. Well, Every not, organization does. The FBI I was going to say, nothing's perfect. Right I mean, geez. Right. You know, but, but I tell them. There's another one. The higher ups. I tell him long. this all the time. Is, is It's like, you know, government isn't bad, especially ours. We got one of the best governments in the world. Or I, I'd yes, say sir. the best government in the world. But it's not the government. It's who's in charge of the government. That's the problem. The, and People same thing with the individual them. agencies. It's who's in charge. Look, NYPD. NYPD was one of, the, one of the top police forces around until you put somebody in charge of it that can't, you know, like de Blasio, <laughs> you know. So they, they, they've got their hands tied. It's just, it's just a matter of that. It's who's in charge, you know, because without government, it's chaos, you know. I mean, just look at what happened last year in, in the summer of love, you know. <laughs> the summer of love there, there was no government it was just freaking chaos you got Chaz and Chad or yeah. whatever the fuck you know and yeah. it, it just everything just goes awry yeah. that's because they let they let order slip away I mean you know again there's, there's, there's gotta be order and there's no there was no order there they didn't care about they, they didn't ask the police to go down there to no shit they don't ask the police to go down there um, and, and again perpetrated by a media who wants to lie for their own benefits. I'm not sure how, but they do. Right. right. And and what's really funny is, is you know, when President Trump sent the freaking board tackers up to uh, Portland or and across the country, man, oh, yeah. now, now they were scared. It's like, oh, man, the men in green, <laughs> you know, the men in green, because he was like, go down there and do what you got to do. And they did. They were brawling. Dudes in multicam. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. In, in, in rental cars. In rental vehicles. <laughs> Dude, remember I sent you the I sent you the Lego set. It was just a little white minivan with two guys in multicam. It was a Lego set. It said it said government employees. <laughs> it was great. That's funny, man. But yeah, Dutch. Any uh, when will you be coming back down here to Texas? You said you'd be down here in February in San Marcos. No, May. May. So I'm coming. Yeah. So the TTPOA is the first week of May, and it's in Round Rock, and I'm showing up there for that. And okay. I'll do the, um, I'm doing two days worth of, uh, with the pistol work. And that's just for, just for the, uh, the officers that attend, but it, hopefully it'll bring me back down more often. I've been in Lubbock. I've been in San Antonio before doing work. Um, and I hope to come back obviously. Um, uh, so that's my first thing. That's in May. I got shot show coming up in January. I'll be there for that. I'll be, I'm going to work, work with Maxim defense right um i'm gonna be a gun bunny i'm not gonna be a gun bunny but yes you are uh, <laughs> yes you are okay sure you're saying. uh i'll take it no i'll take it I, just like you Joe, i wanted to, i wanted to i want to hang out with good people and right. i wanted to ride and i want to do my own thing for a little bit too and i'll be i'll be walking around pressing the flesh and trying to you know say hey to whomever's out there uh, because in this industry now you got to be, it's one of the things you got to do. It's kind of weird, but you kind of have to do it. Um, what else? Uh, yeah. So Red Hill range in Georgia, I'm um, working with Blackwater this year. Nice. Um, uh, they're making a comeback. Right. I'm doing stuff with uh, Tradecraft range down in Florida and I'm working with Jason Kelly, the wrestler Jay. Um, so it's going to be good. I think good. it's, uh, it's going to be a, a good year for us. Yeah. I, I know those, uh, the, some of those Blackwater actual guys that they're building rifles and stuff like, 
like that now. Yeah. And yeah, they're they're amazing. I just got uh, some of their shotgun shells and uh and I got one of their Raven twenty three shirts. Raven twenty three, I don't have that one. Huh? Yes, exactly. What is yeah. that? It's a shotgun that's slug. A, that's, they call this the heavy hitter. It's a. It's oh, a, it sounds it's, heavy. It's basically, a, it's basically a sabo round, which is uh, discarding sabo, which comes apart. So this thing hole comes apart, and and it it's made for heavy, heavy slug shit. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I just I just bought like nice three round. of those, and uh, I, I I bought their uh, Raven Twenty Three shirt. Those guys because. We got pardoned on the same day, so. Oh, by that. Yeah, we got pardoned on the same day, and I, I was at a Texas Range Day back here, back in April, and they were there, so I got to hang out with them and talk to them. Re- really, bunch of cool cats. We had some cigars. It was amazing. But Dutch, give me a minute. I want to throw out some people out there real quick. I want to thank uh, Fifty One Fifty Rifles. Fifty One Fifty Rifles. Go to Fifty One Fifty Rifles dot com. Check them out there. Amazing new. Uh, uh, Weapons that are coming out. I can't disclose it yet. It'll be coming out soon. Make sure that's you check it out. That's 5150. That's 51. It's going to be right here. 5150.com. 5150rifles.com. And then I want to thank Spectre Holsters for everything you've done for me. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. R2 Ammo. Matt, your place is awesome. Thank you. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the love. Thank you for everything. Their, web, their websites and Instagrams are right here. Check them out. And um, Patch Ops, Patch Ops, Tim at Patch Ops. Thanks, brother. Um, everything's been amazing. The patches are awesome. Check it out. All right. You need one of these, I'll send you one. Let me know. And, um, and of course, Dutch, your company and your website? Is DutchChrisMoyer.com. DutchChrisMoyer.com. Check it out for some of the most awesome training around. I'll put it right here. There we go. Thanks, brother. And um, and dude, it's old it's patrol. The old patrol. All right, Gil Maza over at Old Patrol. Go to oldpatrolhq.bigcartel.com. I said forward slash in the last podcast. It's dot bigcartel.com for some of the best old patrol merchandise you can imagine. Man, this guy's an old patroller, and and he's retired. And his Instagram is great. It's Old Patrol HQ. No more pictures of him strutting his ass on the beach and checking out it. No, now he's telling the truth about what it is because he ain't got to worry about it. He's fucking retired. <laughs> retired. That's right, man. Because there ain't no patrol like the old patrol, brother. Ain't no patrol like the old patrol, baby. That's right, brother. Honor first, honor always, man. So... Yeah, Dutch, SHOT Show. I'm going to be out there with uh, uh, 5150, and uh, I got your number, so we'll, I'm looking forward to meeting yeah. you in person, brother. Heck yeah, let's, heck yeah, man. Let's get together. We'll, we'll do a cigar and a, and a little bit of brown water, maybe, something like that. Nice. But, uh, Hell yeah. yeah. I look forward to it, man. You know, I, I, have the, I have the leisure and honor of living just three and a half miles from Warfighter Tobacco. Uh, there are a couple of... 101st Airborne guys, they're like right down the road. They do the Freedom Friends podcast. I'm usually there every Monday night. Oh, I need to check them out because I did a couple of events with them in New Braunfels back in the day. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan. Big yeah. fan of Warfighter. Back yeah, they're, they're, they're right down the road from me, man. They even came to visit me in the hospital when, when I was in a wheelchair, bro. <laughs> <clears throat> and they do the Freedom Friends podcast. So I will have plenty of Warfighter tobacco cigars. Uh, I'll bring you a sampler so you can check it out. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll do some of that, that beautiful brown water. 
<laughs> but um, yeah, man, it's been it's been great. Any last words you want to put out there before we uh, close it out? No, just stay in the fight, everybody out there. Just stay in the fight, man. You know, stay stay true, stay stay in the fight. Uh, what we talked about a little bit this earlier. You know, stay consistent. Get out there, make a difference. Whether it's you know physical training, your diet, uh, positivity. And just try to make a difference every day in life. And if you see something going sideways, man, try to fix it. Yep. Train, 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 brother. Train it, everything. Just, you know. Can't it, train enough. And can't. You can't. And I've, I'm playing catch up on almost uh, 18 years of not training, you know, because of the situation. And uh, I spent a lot of money on my Second Amendment right this year. And I've been training every chance that I get. And, uh, dude, it's been, it's, he, he knows. He's laughing. He knows. <laughs> but it's been real. Dutch. Thanks for being here. All right. And it's Dutch Moyer, not Dutch Dixon. It's Dutch Moyer. We're <laughs> <laughs> closely related somehow, I think. Yes. <laughs> and I appreciate you, man. Come back. Can we do this again? Gary, 100%. I'm in. All right, brother. Come back whenever you want. If there's something you want to put out there, we'll just let me know and we'll get it out there. Thank DJ, you, Dutch. Thanks, thanks, man. And good luck with everything, bro. All right. All right thank you, brother. Praying for it. Praying for it. Oh, yeah. Well, that concludes this episode of the Gary Brookman Podcast. Please like and subscribe on social media. I'm your man's Big Daddy Roughneck saying stay frosty and always watch your six. Yeah, we want to thank you for spending the last 55 minutes with us with Big Daddy Roughneck, Dutch Moyer, and myself. Thank you so much. Y'all stay safe. Stay vigilant. Be savage. God bless y'all. God bless Texas. God bless America. Love y'all. Take care. Recording stopped. Yay, yay. Good job. Good job.